We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am here as always with the indescribable, although I will keep trying, Rohan Kadi. And Rohan, we have some very special guests, so I will ask you how you're doing in just a moment. But first, the hosts of the legendary already Spinsters podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, which I've already said, very proud to be a part of, especially right now. Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins. So Haley, Jordan, and Rohan, how's it going? Oh, that was such a sweet introduction. Thank you. That was. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. We are happy to have you. I am doing fantastic. Indescribable. That's good. We had some people on Twitter saying I should be called the adjective because of this little thing we do in the intro, but... I don't know. I think it could catch on. But it's an yeah, old I'm school doing, nickname. That's why I like it. I feel like it's a, now nicknames are just like people's initials, which is kind of yeah. lame. Or like if they have a unibrow, it's the brow. So and actually, <laughs> AD is now just AD. So it's really just initials. So I like AD, the AD cash doll. Who cares? Oh <laughs> wow, we got there way too quickly. <laughs> Rohan, ask the first question. Let's not. Let's not. Let's just not. Okay. KD. <laughs> so. Uh, we have you guys out here. We want to get a good perspective on, obviously, because this is a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, but sometimes I feel like we get a little too in our heads in terms of our own little bubble, I should say, in terms of like a Bucks bubble. But we've been talking a lot this season about how Milwaukee has made a lot of you know schematic changes, which is what we wanted to see during this offseason because they did not end up uh, making a head coaching change. So you know what? Might as well see if the coach can actually make some changes to this team. 
We have seen some changes in terms of the coaching style this season. We've seen some offensive adjustments. We've seen defensive adjustments. Personnel has obviously been adjusted. So I'll open the floor with this. Are these changes enough to take Milwaukee over the hump this season? Okay, you have to define the hump for us to answer that. Like, question. okay, yeah, that's very yeah. good. Question. At least, good at question. least get to the finals. At least get to the finals. Ooh. Uh, Haley, you want to take that? All, all I can think about, I know that Jordan and I were talking about this right before. All we can think about is the Nuggets game. Yeah. That's and fair. that left such a sour taste in my mouth. Um, just purely, I mean, it's all relative. Because mm-hmm. when I'm saying that, I'm saying you think of the Bucks in terms of how far can they actually get. It is tough. I was talking to someone the other day about the Celtics and how their success in the playoffs the last couple of years is not going to be remembered that way. Um, five years from now, if you look back at how far they made it, you're not really going to think about that as an accomplishment more than you are. Well, they're the Celtics and they have all these great players and Kyrie never happened for them. And so it was a huge disappointment. So... With that in mind, the Nuggets' loss makes it tough. I mean, that zone defense made it virtually impossible for the Bucks to score threes. When there are huge flaws like that that stand out right away, that's a really big concern for me. But, I mean, the things you were just talking about, the switching, what else did you say? They've done a lot of switching on defense. They've made offensive adjustments in terms of getting more outlets uh, to uh, Giannis and Chris when they're getting doubled, especially Drew Holiday. That's the big addition that uh, sort of he brings as another ball handler, a a competent ball handler, and he's more than competent. But Mm -hmm. just another outlet for those two to get to, to create like second on secondary actions when Giannis and Chris are sort of doubled. So like those sort of changes. Yeah, absolutely. And Drew is probably the biggest for me, but the Bucks went to the second round last year and the conference finals the year before that. What would you say of all those things you just mentioned was their biggest improvement from this year over last, if you had to single out one, and would that have won the series against the Heat? Hmm. hmm. That's a good question. I feel like Haley. I feel like Haley got a harder question to us than we got to her. I think we need to level up our interview. <laughs> game. Um, that's a great question because I'm genuinely curious. No, it's, because it's, it's really good, yeah. hard for teams like Milwaukee. I mean, Jordan knows this as a Lakers fan. When the expectations are high, everything in between as you're trying to make it to the very top is excruciating. I mean, you guys have Giannis signed on for the long run and still you're like, God, are we going to get over the fucking hump? You have Giannis. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I completely understand where you're coming from. But that's why these miss these tiny things make so much um, why they're so important. I think maybe, I don't know, that Heat series was just like such a confluence of awful things for the Bucks, given like the Heat were such a good defensive team and especially with bigger players who could defend, whether it was Jay Crowder, who's been like a sneakily big loss for them. Obviously, Bam Adebayo is terrific at just about everything. And mm-hmm. they also were like the perfect bubble team, right? Like I think, and I don't want to discredit them. I've seen some people get way too takey. Like they didn't earn their finals. They totally did. They took two games off the Lakers. Great team, blah, blah, blah. Let me get all that respect out of the way. Like they kind of love the grind in a way. I think a lot of teams didn't in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Like they were working out mm-hmm. super hard the whole time and Definitely. everything else. And I think like they kind of lived for it. And a lot of the other teams, I mean, the Bucks almost left, right? I think the Lakers talked about leaving at times. Um, a bunch of teams were so conflicted. And I'm not saying, you know, the Heat aren't invested in these causes that the other teams were thinking about. I just think 
they were very well adapted to handle the bubble. That's hashtag heat culture. So I don't know if you transport Drew Holiday onto that team and take away George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. I mean, taking away Bledsoe would probably help. But um, Wes Matthews wasn't allowed to play in the fourth quarter. The eye rolls on this podcast just now. (laughs) I was like, just want to note that. Sorry, sorry, proceed. I just had to note that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Wes Matthews, Bud wouldn't play in the fourth quarters against Jimmy Butler for some indescribable reason anyway, so maybe his loss wouldn't have hurt. I don't know. I think they would have been better, certainly. I think they are equipped to be better now, even if their record isn't as good as it has been in most years, just because they're not as deep and they're having actually figuring things out. I don't know. Right now, I, I don't love their chances in that series. What do you think, Rohan? Would they beat that Heat team right now? In terms of just straight personnel, uh, like keep the same coaching style, keep the same everything uh, in terms of actual basketball, but just switch out the personnel. I do not think they win that playoff series if you put this team in that situation. Which is kind of wild, yeah. right? It, yeah, it is. Because yeah. Heat just were like, an absolute just seem weird? buzzsaw for them. It does. It really does. That's why I feared that Heat matchup all season long because Miami plays the exact way that would just make Milwaukee's life hell. And that's what happened. We saw that exactly happen. And that's because the main two pieces are going to be the same in Giannis and Chris. How they're used, though, is what's really the difference here. If we're talking about just Giannis attacking from the top of the key just over and over again, again in the Miami series, they're not going to win that series again. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. if you get more face-ups on like the elbow, if you get more split actions with Drew and Chris coming off of the Giannis screen, if you get more of that happening, plus like you can get like Dante DiVincenzo in the dunker spot, you can get Bobby Portis actually providing off the bench in terms of like <laughs> his role in terms of face-up jumpers and stuff like that. If you do that, I feel like they have a solid chance in that series. Okay, I, I like that take. I want to hear. I want to hear Jordan's Laker fan perspective on the Bucks right now, because obviously, you know, does does general NBA watching, which I feel like Haley does extraordinarily well, but coming from a, a specific kind of lens like that, it's part. You know, let me watch this team to see, and I feel like there's always a little part of you that's like, and I do this when I watch other teams play. How do the Bucks stack up? How would the Bucks handle this this Lakers team, whatever? So, what are your thoughts on the Bucks this season and how they're looking? Yeah, well, um, thank you for giving us Wesley Matthews, who occasionally um, will sh- will shoot a shot, but we we just need him for defense, and yeah. that's why you know we're we're number one in defense. Just saying, um, I think that it's exactly what you're talking about with Giannis just attacking from the top of the key over and over and over. To me, that's what makes them so beatable in the playoffs is they you know that that's not going to win you a championship to beat a team, you know, out of a seven game series. And what you're talking about adjustments, those in-game adjustments going back to that Nuggets game. Why aren't you you know, they went on a zone. You need to go going back to things on the series. Yeah, adjustments. Yeah. And I know that that's your problem with, with your head coach right now. Yep. Sorry. But no, that fair. that's going to be a big thing that's going to get you over the hump. And with personnel, you need another person. I, I love Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton, uh, sometimes. But you need another person. <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not. He's not going to win you a ring. No. Well, oh, not so, alone. But... Not alone, but that's what I'm saying. You need another person. And even though you have the MVP on your team, you need someone else. That's what that's what I think. 
So I, my my thoughts on Chris have gotten more and more kind of complex and convoluted as we've gone on. I think this is something we campaigned super hard for Chris to get all-star votes. Obviously knew he wasn't going to start. We just wanted him listed with the top 10. It just felt like, come on, like he's, he's good. Let's, let's, let's get him up there. Classic with... small market team. Right yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. this is, my thing last year was I just want Wes Matthews to get one second team all defense vote. I don't think he got there. I was a little disappointed, but um, I clearly don't have the platform that we pretend to have here on the Eurostep podcast, but what was I saying? Oh, Chris Middleton. He had a really bad run capitalized by back-to-back stinkers against the Raptors. And something Rohan and I touched on is kind of like moments like that where he will just not shoot enough or, you know, get doubled and just look completely flustered kind of does prove the, and I don't mean to call you a hater, but the the anti-Chris Middleton crowd that say he is not good enough right, right? Like there's, I think there's, there was this big surge of Chris Middleton love of like, who cares about a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal? Look at how efficient Chris Middleton is. He's a good defender. He's an okay defender these days. He's not as good as he used to be. Still fine, but not, not a great mm-hmm. defender. Um, but I digress. But I think there is more value than a lot of Bucks and Chris Middleton fans put on, you know, he can go get a shot every single, or like player X can go get a shot every single time. Whereas sometimes Chris will just like, get passive and not shoot and, you know, have back to back to back to back less than 20 point games pains me to say this all as a, a avowed Chris Middleton stand. But I do think there's something there. Uh, this kind of gets into question on uh, a, a later question we had for you all of who is Milwaukee's best player and kind of tied to that. Like, can those two combine to be good enough to be the second best guy? Can they be co second bananas, so to speak. So I'd love to hear whoever wants to tackle that first. There's like five questions in there. I'm sorry, but any part you want to go after, I'd no, love to, let's, to let's hear Let's go with it. who is, who's Milwaukee's second best sure. player. Oh, I thought you said best player. And I was oh, like, Oh, no, no, guys. no, no, no. Yeah. We got that. We got that part figured out. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Hot Have you seen Tori Craig lately? <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris. It's Chris. My opinion is it's Chris. I think that sometimes I'm not saying this with um, any of of the things that you just said or what Jordan said. We overthink things. I think that's it with Chris Middleton. I think he is wonderful. This is the other thing, though, is that when you're saying, well, he's not enough, it never really gets specific enough. He's not enough for what? To be the second best player on a championship team? That's a hard thing to say because on many championship teams, players three, four, and five matter so much. Or Mm -hmm. your bench matters so much. So I have a hard time with that. I love Chris Middleton. I do think that he is, yeah, undoubtedly their their second best player. I also love Drew, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Drew Holiday. I think they needed that true point guard. And I love how he is their floor general. Um, I think that he makes their team better when he's on the floor and he's running the offense and not having Giannis bring the ball up all the time. Like, you need a point guard. And that's not just pure bias because I was a former point guard. I truly think that every NBA team needs one. <laughs> no, it, it. I feel like that's true more and more now because I've been watching Drew Holiday more and more now. It's just he brings such a calming presence. I've been saying this all year long. Just this the style in which he plays, like Eric Bledsoe, so erratic in terms of play style. <laughs> like I don't even mean that as like a diss. Man anything, leads an erratic it, life. <laughs> he does he does but it's it works in some teams it doesn't work when you're trying to be the third banana on a title team 
<laughs> like that that's not what you need to be so that's why you know he's not there anymore so drew yeah. holiday he just brings such a calming presence and he's actually we've been talking he like bullies bud a lot like i don't know if we talked about this on the pod already but he there there's been evidence shown like he's he said that he uh he called the last play in that clippers game that Giannis dagger dunk he called that play not bud like he was like oh we should get this set going and it's like okay cool and he's also like previously in the season being like hey why don't we just switch on defense like i can handle this it, everyone we like to like, simulate the conversations at practice where he like t- like introduces it and the rest of the team is like you're allowed to do that and like, he's like yeah, yeah of course you are like, that's a defensive true point guard play. true point guard <laughs> seriously on the floor so like, i think i think chris middleton is definitely milwaukee's second best player drew holiday is their second most important oh mm. I don't know how I feel about. I got, I'm gonna have to digest that take. I don't know how I feel Ooh. about that take. That's interesting. I love nuances <laughs> like that. They're yeah. fair. Yeah, I, we we I like are that. too general in basketball. I tend to think so. Before he went to Milwaukee, I wrote a piece on Drew Holiday, and basically it was like a bunch of people saying we always thought he would be so much more successful and then some of that was just well received some of that was like obviously health issues Mm. what were your impressions of him then versus now him having been on your team because people are it's like once you know about him you're obsessed with him it's like the new band like nobody else knows about except for it's been going on for over a decade and it's an nba player (laughs) i love that comp i think First off the court, like the coolest guy ever, the absolute coolest guy ever. I know he donated all of his bubble salary. I think now he's doing, I know now he's doing a ton more. I think he just won, Rohan, you called this out last pod, the February NBA Cares Award. Yeah, because he's doing a lot with uh, Black-owned businesses in Milwaukee in terms of like getting them more publicity. I think he's donating a portion of his salary this season there. So just Drew and Lauren Holiday, before anything else, just fantastic human beings. Fantastic human beings. Yes, yeah, totally. So, agree. yeah, so we that love their love. It's yes. it's awesome. It's they're like they seem like the most wholesome people, especially after everything they've been through. It's so cool to see that they're just so it's just still great people um and and giving to everyone around them. But I didn't think he was this good. So, I think the defense pleasantly surprised me like I knew he was a great all-world defender. I thought, you know, Getting a little bit older, I think he's around 30, 31 years old. So clearly, I mean, and players play forever now, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I thought he had, he had stepped back a little bit. He's been even better on defense than I expected. Offensively, though, he's like a really capable shooter. And I think the percentages aren't always, haven't always been great for him. I think this year they're still very good, although I think he's like, oh, for his last eight as he returns from COVID. So it's, it might be lower now. But I, I think the key difference between – he and Bledsoe. I mean, there's a few of them. And I don't mean to trash Eric Bledsoe, but it's 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 been a profound difference. Like it's it's really striking um, on a very uh, common game to game basis. And I think, in addition to all the other Bledsoe stuff that that Rohan alluded to and that we've covered, just clearly not like a, a true shooter, right? Like he would take shots. The percentages weren't good, but like he he didn't look like a shooter. Even even if Drew is having a game where he's not hitting all his threes. He's he's a shooter, right? Like there's just a difference. You can see it the way he pulls his step backs. Like you actually believe they're going to go in, and I think even more so than his true shooting percentage or whatever. Like psychologically, I think that's big because obviously the one thing Giannis doesn't do consistently is hit jumpers or hit shots outside of the paint. So wait, is that true? 
<laughs> that is true. Every podcast we have something where I say it and then either myself or Rohan has to catch it and say hot take. I think one time we had DJ Augustine is not Giannis. Was that one of them? <laughs> yeah, that, that was scientifically proven. So yeah, this this is a little more contentious than that. I think this is harder to determine. But yeah, that is, that is true. Thank you for, uh, for verifying. Um, but like Bledsoe not being a legit shooter made Giannis's, you know, one limitation on offense look even worse. With Drew Holiday, it's just not the same. So I'd say to answer your question and take forever about it, he's been way better than I expected. And I wholeheartedly thought all the picks, all the players, as good as they may have been, were worth it because like the third guy is just so important. And Milwaukee just had nothing. Like Brooke Lopez stepped up in a nice way, but they lost 4-1 in the last playoffs. And you just needed someone else on that tier, especially if Chris was going to have a quiet game. And Drew Holiday has been everything. I'd like to see him be even more aggressive on offense, but I think he's kind of trying to fit into that hierarchy a little bit too. So I, I'm confident in the playoffs, he's going to be an even better version of himself. And he's he's just been awesome. I'm so glad he's a Milwaukee Buck. Yeah, I didn't realize Drew was a stopper, like an yeah. actual stopper on defense. I thought he was like a great point guard defender. But mm -hmm. uh, Jordan, you were talking about this earlier and saying like, oh, thank you for Wes Matthews for the defense. Wes Matthews was the Bucks stopper last mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. And while he's good, he's really good. He's really good at that. Like last Should season, he was one, one of vote. the best isolation defenders. In, uh, he was guarding LeBron. He was guarding Kawhi. He was taking every best matchup. Drew Holiday is just an upgrade. He, you can throw him on legitimately, maybe not legitimately anyone, but like at least one through three, anyone, maybe one through four. And he'll just, he'll be, he'll shut them down. Like he'll make life hell for them. So that's what I did not realize going in. I did not realize that Drew was just like a, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to lock you down now type of defender. Friend of the podcast, uh, Laz Jackson, has nicknamed him Hell Prison because the Bucks played the Pistons like 40 times earlier this season. And he would love tweeting about how the Pistons' young guards keep getting thrown in Hell Prison and it's just really not fair for them. And I, I just love that nickname so much. It's very aggressive, but I think it's fitting. That is like the most aggressive possible. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Anything with hell in it, anything with prison in it. They like they don't even like, go together. <laughs> if you're in I prison, know, like the worst like, thing. Yeah, you're it's redundant almost. It's yeah, wow, what a nickname. But I think it works because like it being defended by Drew Holiday would make me feel like that. Like I wouldn't want to do it. Sometimes I'll tweet when he'll like lock somebody up and take the basketball. I'd be like, throw me in a pit of snakes before I have to dribble a basketball around Drew Holiday. Like, I don't want it. It looks terrible. I, I'm not interested in doing that. So, yeah, like, theoretically, I could get out of a pit full of snakes. Like, theoretically, like, once every, like, 100 chances, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's high odds. That's, uh, that's a get. little. Depends on but the snakes. I'm not. Yeah, yeah it does Drew depend on Holiday the snakes. Drew Holiday is not. Like, he's taking the ball from me every, every time. There is no chance of me getting past that. So That's maybe why I asked that, because option. he he's presented by players and coaches and then fans who love him as the NBA's best kept secret. And it's so weird to hear a veteran presented that way, but it is true. Like once you watch him over and over and over again, you begin to fall in love with those little things. Would Mike Conley be kind of a player you think is on that level? I feel like everybody loves Mike Conley, even though I think zero time all-star because obviously he plays in the West. Yeah, absolutely. And also anytime players and coaches have respect for a player and they're like, this guy just doesn't get enough attention paid to him. That's definitely been Mike Conley in the past. It's been Drew Holiday. It's like, okay, yeah. maybe we should start paying attention to them. Yeah. Yeah. 
the most disrespected player in the NBA, though, is Devin Booker. So. Devin Booker, man. Yeah. <laughs> After the ejection, Ooh, I feel like... Yeah, I was going to say, last night was just... That was weird. On top. That was, was so weird. I tried to figure out so what happened weird. for so long. And I went on this show, and we were talking about it live. And I was still trying to figure it out as I was looking it up. And I finally found the play. And I still... I was like, thank God, because we're like about to go on the show. And I still <laughs> could not figure out what happened. When I watched the play, I had to like rewatch it a bunch of times. That was, that was bizarre. He he said something that must've just been insane. Yeah. But then the bounce pass, I didn't really feel like that was that aggressive. And then the ref that he threw it at didn't give him the tech. That was also the craziest part. Yeah. That was very confusing. It was the adjacent ref that gave him that tech. But, Nothing yeah. good comes of a cross court call of any kind, right? Like if you're not the ref in front of the play, please don't blow the whistle, man. Just just don't leave it up to the other ref. Like trust your teammates. Let's get some more team chemistry on the NBA officials. Adam Silver is going to find me twenty five grand for that comment. Um, speaking of uh, uh, one last thing on Booker, I, I think this is like there's kind of an empty gym syndrome thing of like the refs here too much right now. I know that's the theory that's been going around of like, mm. you know, maybe an MF or dropped. In full arenas, you don't hear it as clearly. Mm. I think the refs kind of feel a little bit more victimized by those things in the uh, the empty or, or partially empty gyms. It's like the opposite of what's happening to us at work because when I'm on meetings, I can just play mute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Walk around. <laughs> Instead, everything is like very, very, very audible for them. Yeah, yes. they, they, the players can't get away from the officiating uh, right now. Hey, everybody. We will get back to our terrific conversation with Haley and Jordan of Spinsters in just a second. But first, a quick word from our fantastic podcast partners. Hey, everyone. I just want to take a second to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of all that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Their listening platforms, including wherever you're listening to the Eurostep. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month 
the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join, or you can check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Okay, back to the episode. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we talked about snakes earlier, so let's talk about Kevin Durant and the Nets. Um, <laughs> had to do it. Had to do it. Had to do it. I, wow. I came way back to it. This I podcast had it is out. brought to you by Cash Doll. <laughs> <laughs> we got back to Cash Doll. Good. Um, it's not even really a KD question. I mean, it sort of is. Um, I'd love to just pick both of your brains. I mean, this isn't as much of a Bucks question as it is just an Eastern Conference question. Uh, we talked about the Celtics earlier. The Raptors are kind of regaining the form if they ever get their team back. But all these teams, but right now, one and two in the East, I believe is Philly-Brooklyn or Brooklyn-Philly. I think Philly still won um, cupcake schedule, but I digress. Who do, I, who do you two think out of those two is the bigger threat? I mean, obviously, I feel like the the gut reaction is just to go nets because just look at the roster. It's, it's insane. But Philly's been a lot better than they've been in years past. So I think this is still kind of a question. I don't know. Maybe it's a dumb question. Jordan, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think... It is Philly. Um, oh. Yeah, I I, th- I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I think it is Philly um, just because Embiid is playing out of his mind right now. Like, I think he is so determined to get further and further in the playoffs. And if the Bucks are in the way, he's going to run them over. Like, I, I think he's so focused from these last two years of, uh, you know, losing in pivotal times, I think that they can make it far. Um, but I kind of want to see the series with the Nets only because of James Harden comment that he made about Giannis. Oh, and yeah. I just think that would be amazing if we can just play that on a loop, like every single game. I loved that. So I, that would be more entertaining, I think. But um, Philly po- poses more of a threat to me. Jordan's definitely more of like a she can – visualize things that I definitely can't um <laughs> stop no seriously because with me it's like my gut reaction I can't even see I have a hard time with teams who have not proved that they can go far in a playoffs and especially like when you break down the particular players um if you click on a, a huge storyline right now this entire season with the Sixers has been that Ben Simmons has taken a step back in role, not necessarily a step back in like how he's playing. It's it's working much better for them, obviously, but he is definitely not the front facing guy that he's been since he's been in the league. Their second leading scorer is Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. So when you are in this extreme playoff setting, you are relying on a guy who, yes, has shot stupendously this season, but who the season before was also part of the reason that you were so bad. Um 
Joel Embiid, it's hard for me to put everything also in 2021 on a center and say, okay, we're going to win this this playoff series. You have to win it for us. Will us to win. Um, however, I completely agree with Jordan. He is playing out of his mind. I like tweeted two weeks ago a joke about him being the MVP favorite, and people were like, technically he's not and so I was like oh like Vegas they mean and so I looked and like he wasn't but that's not even what they meant they were just really offended by the question and so I hope for his sake he does win it for me it's just the Nets because they have the experience there um Kyrie and KD have both won championships Harden you gotta think like kind of evens that out like at least a half a point for one of them um, because he's so notoriously bad, but this is a wonderful opportunity for him in the playoffs. Like, you know, hopefully Katie comes back shortly after the all-star break to say, okay, I can make it far. You could kind of has one of those Katie moments where he joins another team that has a lot going on to then take it to his first um, title. But yeah, for me, I Defense has never mattered less. Um, that's not to say I'm not super concerned about theirs still, even after the recent bump. But, you know, in 2021, if you're like, here are these three players on the team together, they don't have much going on at the center spot. And we're really worried about their defense. No one's really heard from Steve Nash. They have like a little, um, what are those things called? I'm, I'm like, not my camera's not on Zoom, so they can't even see what I'm doing. What are those things called where it's like, you're acting out with a doll, like the doll speaking. You know oh, uh, uh, ventriloquism. Yeah, ventriloquism. Okay, in another world where I got a full eight hours of sleep, that would have been a <laughs> fan-fucking-tastic metaphor. <laughs> that is what I see Steve Nash as right now. Yeah. Anyway, yes, those things are all very concerning. They've never been less concerning in 2021, though. My gut instinct says it's the team with the guys who've won before that also have two of the league's top eight players at any time with the third shortly behind. So yeah, that that's it for me. It's the Nets. I have the boring take. I I mean, I think it's valid. I, my thing with the Nets, I think like, I think the Nets, I think the rest of the East has to hope that the Nets kind of stop the Nets, right? Like, I mean, we've seen this movie with KD and ball dominant point guards before in OKC of like, I think your best chance to be Brooklyn is like Kyrie shoots 20 times. James Harden shoots 18 times. KD doesn't shoot enough times just because KD is just so, so good. And I feel like the dislike of him kind of clouds people perception of how good he actually is. And it really did not look like he took a step back at all coming back from that injury, which is great for the game. I hope that be, that continues to be a trend with players when they get hurt, but also like freaking terrifying for every other team in the East. Like that is a, a confluence of star power. That is just ridiculous. As an aside, my favorite Nash thing, and I don't, I can't confirm this personally. I think I heard it on the low post, is that he consistently refers to their roster as not defensively inclined, which is such a beautiful <laughs> way of saying we don't have anybody I who can play that. defense. Like, I need to start referring to my own shortcoming. Like, I'm not bad at this. Like, I'm just not inclined for it. Like, it's not different. Inclined. It's different. Like, it's just not my inclination. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, that that's that is perfect. Uh, the net, it's the Nets for me. This is this is what we've seen like throughout NBA history, right? Like the teams usually with the best players usually end up winning. And the Nets have three, two and a half studs. Oh. I mean, like if we're talking like top, top team. Yeah, players, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't feel like that's a hot take. But I will say, Haley, you were talking about this. Harden, Harden in the playoffs is fun. Last time Kyrie played Milwaukee in the playoffs, he 
decided to take it on himself to guard Chris and Giannis, and it did not go well for him at all. Uh, and they ended up losing four straight games. He tried, though. but he did try. Got to give him credit for that. He was like, "Oh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take the uh, you know the toughest assignment, even though he's not defensively inclined." There you uh, go. Exactly. <laughs> quoting Steve Nash on that. That is not a hot take. That is just that you're just doing journalism. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's the Nets for me. Philly, Philly in the past has really been a fun watch, like Milwaukee versus Philly games, just as a general NBA fan. They're just mm-hmm. amazing because Giannis and Embiid, they really go at it when they play against each other. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure the last couple matchups, Giannis has put up like 40, 50, and Embiid has like almost matched him. And they've just been they've been wild games. It turns it turns into a, like a giant 1v1 to see who can outdo each other. So I want to see that matchup just to see that series because it would honestly be more entertaining than a Milwaukee uh, Brooklyn series to me because those two teams have really played hard against each other in the past. And we haven't seen it yet this season. We're going to see it in the second half schedule if it ever happens. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that because we've seen uh, we've seen Milwaukee play Brooklyn once. Not neither team was at full strength. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really a true matchup, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I've, excited. If either if either of these matchups end up happening, nothing goes awry in the playoffs or any of these teams. It'll be fun no matter what. It would be. And I think it would be interesting to have it, you know, spotlight two centers. Just like yeah. what you were say, yeah. saying, Haley. Like, get rid of the guards. Just throw it <laughs> into the post the whole game. And I, I personally love old school centers. Do not stand on the three-point line. Get in the post get in the paint. And I I think that would be fun. I would love to see that. So I feel like if we're talking about centers, we want to talk about kind of Giannis's MVP case, where it's at, if he even has a chance. But I think speaking of centers right now, I'm pretty sure it's a fairly even consensus that Jokic and Embiid are the two favorites. I know Jokic's team record isn't quite up there, but he just, you, you, you both mentioned the, the Denver game against Milwaukee, he annihilated the Bucs. This guy is unreal, and he's been very good for a long time, but I think he's just ascended to it. Now he got he got fit, he glowed up, and now he's on a whole new level. Props to him. It's aspirational um, to, to a lot of Wisconsinites, myself included. Um, I hope I dominate on a, on a Nikola Jokic level one day too, but do either of you think Giannis is, you know, is he just going to be like fourth and fifth on random MVP list, or will he have a real shot to take this thing after two in a row, but no playoff success, which I know is weighing on a lot of people's minds. Yeah, it does. I mean, before this year, Giannis was like LeBron in that Mm. unless there's something, some other major storyline cooking up or someone's having a particularly strong breakthrough season, he's going to be in the conversation by default every year. But I think the playoff exit last year was so underwhelming that despite it not being 100% him, of course, that does get need to get that nut does need to be shaken off to win a third. I mean, you have two under your belt. It's not the case for your first, right? Or I guess even your second, but definitely your third. I don't think you're winning a third MVP right now with all the other candidates we have. If you cannot prove more of yourself in the playoffs, so definitely not for this year. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that. Um, Win three MVPs in a row, like, geez, that would be that would be amazing and unreal. Um, I think there is just a lot of 
good players in the NBA yeah. this season. Like a lot of players are playing really well. And Jokic is one of those players that it's kind of, you know, night after night, you are, are wanting to see what he can do. What else did he add? How is he getting even better? Um, so I, I think it's his race to lose. Um, and yeah, maybe just not this year, but that doesn't mean that he's not still playing well and he's still, you know, the MVP of his team, like heart, <laughs> like consolation prize. <laughs> the real MVP is the bond the team made along the way. It's the memories. It yeah. really Aww. is. I love this. <laughs> no, Giannis has said in the past, like his brothers have told him, like, even if you don't win MVP, you're an MVP of life. Like that's a real thing that's been going on. So like. I don't know, but we Jordan, I'm glad you made up. Uh, you talked about the three straight MVPs. It's kind of impossible to win it three straight times. Like three players have done it: Bill Russell, Wilt, and Larry Bird. Uh, so solid list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It hasn't been done since '84 <laughs> through '86 by Bird. So it's kind of it's basically impossible. Yeah, There's before the, fatigue is a thing. Before the season, my take was the only way he's possibly going to get it is if the Bucks are on whatever a 70 win trajectory is on this wacko year. And he's like 40% from three and like a killer mid range game, because I feel like anything else he did, if he dunks 85 times a game and puts up wilt numbers, I still think there was going to be a little bit of, we've seen it before. We're not buying it this year. Like let's latch onto somebody else. And honestly, I think even voter fatigue aside, I don't think he would be leading right now. The bucks haven't been that good. Um, Jokic has just been unbelievable. Um, and Embiid's been really good. I think Embiid is, is still totally up there, but especially with voter fatigue, we would have had to see just an absolutely ridiculous Giannis that I think it's a little unfair expectations, but it's just how it is, right? Like he didn't have to prove that he was the best player in the regular season he would have had to done something that really proved to people during the regular season he could win in the playoffs, which is pretty impossible to do. Like it would have to be a wild season with all new stuff from him. So I, I agree with you both. I don't think he's going to win it. I don't have a big problem with it. We, we got two in the last two years. I would much rather take a, a ring for sure. Even a trip to the finals would feel better to me than another MVP as much as, you know, Giannis is, you know, great. And I just, I love that. And the first episode of Spinsters. This is not a this is not a sponsored segment. I was not fed this. This is Ooh. absolutely absolutely authentic. But I love that you both kind of a, a few times throughout kind of referred to like what brings you joy in basketball. And I think that's something basketball media, quote unquote, you know, whatever that means, doesn't focus on enough. Like I think I get we get these questions about like what's the point of the regular season? Who cares? So every Giannis dunk, I try to tweet it and be like, this is why you watch. This is awesome. Like this, this should bring you joy. It's super fun. Like not all teams, not most teams get a Giannis type guy to, to enjoy like this. So, and obviously you don't have to be a Bucks fan to enjoy Giannis, but so yeah, I just wanted to, I had to make that connection. Like our answer, I think above all else, Bobby Portis is close, but Giannis, I think brings us the most joy. <laughs> it is so much fun to watch him play. It's Bobby Portis. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought we were still on Eric Bledsoe. Oh, well, that's a take. I say I'm root. I'm rooting for Eric Bledsoe always. Yeah. Always. Have you, that man's smile is beautiful. You and can that's say the most this. Thing. I don't think you should say you're rooting for him always. Like, what if it broke tomorrow? Shams Charania tweets Eric Bledsoe traded back to Bucks. Would you really be? I guess you would be rooting for him. You want the at Bucks that point you'd well. have to be. Yeah, yeah. you kind of. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's. Yeah. As long nice. as it's not yeah. the Lakers, I mean. Yeah, you should just look like he's going to the Lakers. He's going to Philly. He's going to Brooklyn. Jordan was he's on the edge of her seat. Milwaukee. She was like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> he was a clutch guy." Yeah, that's a good point. Um, oh no. 
Don't so, put that out there. <laughs> speaking of trades, the segue is Dennis Schroeder doesn't extend. I wanted Dennis Schroeder. Let's not talk about Dennis Schroeder. That's he's so chaotic. He's kind of he's he's like. I think there's a little Bledsoe in him, but he's better. Okay. <laughs> he's more consistent. More consistent. I I love Schroeder. I, I love like Schroeder. that. He's I on wanted our team. him on the box. Yeah. I really I I love watching him play. I think he's like a tamer Westbrook. He's not oh. as as like crazy that. but he has the speed and yeah. he can i don't know we just needed a scoring point guard i love rondo yeah. with all my heart but we needed someone to score and it's even more evident now that ad is out we cannot score the basketball um so yeah i, I love shooters his energy is so important what you're saying yes. about Westbrook is uh good that's a good comparison yeah like lebron can still score whenever he wants but like you can't ask lebron to you know, score 30 a night every game in the regular season at age, whatever. LeBron, I mean, LeBron's just... 100. Yeah, it feels like 100, but he's still... Like, every year, I, I'm, I'll never forget the tweet in, like, 2011 or whatever that said, thank God we won't have to do with LeBron in 2015, so he'll be 34, and now it's 2021, and he's still an MVP candidate. It's just ridiculous how good this guy is. Oh. Haley has entered this chat of I'm like, oh, LeBron. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I let go on. <laughs> It's easy to, I think. I, I still don't. He's not going to be properly appreciated for a while. I think for a lot of reasons. But I, as much of an enemy as he is to the Bucks, as as the great battles that they had over the last two regular seasons, it's always fun to watch LeBron be LeBron. He's so inevitable. It's just I don't know. That is his adjective for the day. Inevitable. That inevitable. is the perfect one for him. He is inevitable. Yes. I always want to do the Mr. Adjective. By the time that Jordan and I are done with this show which I don't know how many minutes we have left. So this is kind of putting you on the spot. We mm. also would like adjectives. So just be thinking okay. about that as you're uh, going through this rundown. Okay. And you can't <laughs> use indescribable three times. No, no. And inevitable be... doesn't feel like as much as a compliment when it's me or Jordan. So yeah, I, I don't think I would go with inevitable. <laughs> Jordan Liggins, inevitable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, we mentioned <laughs> trades earlier. I got to throw a topic to you too, so I can think about these adjectives. Um, talking about trades, I don't think Eric Bledsoe is coming to the box, but you know, watching Milwaukee, seeing some issues, and it stinks. We 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 solid. We firmed up this interview. The Clippers game happened. I was like, oh great, it's going to be all good feelings around the box. It's going to be so fun to talk about. And then the Denver game happens. And I was like, oh well, that was a good idea while it lasted. But clearly, there there are some some additions that would help, but. You know, do you think is it worth it for Milwaukee to explore trades? Obviously, almost no assets, even less the NBA took away a second round pick for some reason for tampering or something with Bogdan Bogdanovich, the name we usually don't mention. Um, too much hurt, Ooh. but it's, there's a lot going on there. Um, I was just thinking about that, not to bring it up. No, Should we it's, not bring it up? okay, let's not bring no, it go up. Ahead. No, you can go, bring no, it up. Go ahead. Bring it up. Go ahead. Because <laughs> if, knowing that we were going to talk about trades, I was like, oh, it's obviously like if anyone's Dante, but yeah, I mean, then you have to think about. Oh, so why hasn't he been traded yet? And yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole thing. <laughs> I still don't think we have clear answers. I, I don't want to relitigate the whole thing for sure. I think Bucks fans have just been through it enough times. It's the new, you guys shouldn't have gotten rid of Malcolm Brogdon. It's like, yeah, we get it. Okay. Like, Which is I'm still sorry. a thing. Still it's a, a thing. Still, it's still an active thing. thing. It's, I'm so sorry about it. that. I mean, I think Drew helps a lot. I think I don't know. I don't want let, what let, current trade don't, targets. Don't go down that yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. current trade targets. Let's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. You got to heal. You got to heal. Yeah. 
We do. We do. Um, so you, from you two watching the Bucs, um, Brooke Lopez looking a bit slower, the bench a, a little bit thinner, especially without George Hill. Um, what kind of trades would you like to see Milwaukee make? You can be as as specific or as vague as you'd like, because I know it's a little bit of a murky trade market or right now. Or should they make trades at all? Yeah, or should they make trades at all? Good, good point, Rohan. I don't think that uh, it's to such a point where they should make a trade just to make a trade. Some teams mm-hmm. always do that. Some franchises feel the need to overcompensate when it's really not going to help anything. I don't know what you could get right now that would help. I saw, what was this, like two weeks ago? Or maybe, I don't know, my mind is all over the place (laughs) time-wise because I'm like on East Coast time and I'm working on Pacific time. Anyway, about PJ Tucker. Is that is there any traction to that? That's interesting, but... He was linked to Milwaukee. I think that's all we've gotten. That's like the the weakest language possible that lets you know that one of my agent sources told me <laughs> to put this out there. What word should I use? Hmm, link. <laughs> like you could be linked for anything. Like he liked a Yelp review of a restaurant in Milwaukee. Um, I would have to say DiVincenzo makes the most sense to target for a spot to maybe find. A replacement, if you're thinking just overall, you look at the roster and you're like, where do we absolutely need to improve? However, as I'm saying that, I mean, he is doing what you're asking of him, right? They're like, we need you to yeah. be the guy who shoots threes. Like, we absolutely need threes. Look at this guy. It's Giannis. This is your role. And now he does. And he even, like, specifically catch and shoot threes. So, yeah, it's hard for me to say, like, throw him away. He's doing exactly what... Milwaukee needs in that regard. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, like uh, a knockdown shooter. Um, but he, I think he's actually been kind of fun to watch this year. I love seeing his growth. I feel like he's he's on the up, which is I know, good for I feel him. I bad be- saying this because it's like, I know. well, fuck, if we can't let someone grow, what are we doing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? No, yeah, I I, I see that. Um, but I also feel like from a chemistry f- standpoint, like with Drew Holiday and the couple additions that they made this year, they kind of need to go through some things just as a team first. And I think that would help them more than bringing in somebody else to put a bandaid on their issues when we all know like, okay, head coach, we need some adjustments and you need to be better. Um, I think that would you know, let this team be and gel more together would probably be more beneficial for them, honestly. For sure. As much as I'd like to see them continue the streak of uh, getting a power forward who's going to underperform in the playoffs, <laughs> a la Nikola Mirotic and Marvin Williams, um, hmm. Ursan Ilyasova coming back, uh, maybe. Uh, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. Is it? Wait, do you actually? <laughs> I, I kind of do. I, kinda, I mean, he, like, he posts workout videos in Wisconsin – like he shot around in the snow, which if that's in not Bucks like gear. a in Bucks gear, if that's not like a <laughs> Bucks sign me, Bucks fans, you want me back, right move. I don't know what is. He's preening. Yeah, if, it honestly, might work. It might work. Yeah, it really. Is. It, it, so the streak might continue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I have to agree with you too. I don't really see like a major area where they can get someone who's available unless there's like someone who just out of the blue becomes available. And usually someone does like you don't really expect some of these players to become available at the trade deadline, but everything's chaos 
at that time of the year. Yeah. So who knows, honestly, at this point, but I don't know. You're just, you're not going to just slap some flex tape on it and expect it to fix. Like it's, it's not going to work <laughs> if, if something's broken, just a small adjustment here or there, like in terms of personnel, isn't going to really fix a whole lot because they don't really have a whole lot to work with. So the only thing you could do is something small. So, and that's not going to, if something small is going to fix your problem, then you're not really assessing your problem correctly. Yeah, I think the buyout market could be even bigger for the Bucks than than the trade deadline just because, I mean, you, you, Rohan, you mentioned like someone becoming available. Like if it's a player of note, Milwaukee just won't be able to to keep in, keep in the running. I mean, I, I keep targeting players on the Sacramento Kings just because I just make poor decisions repeatedly. I mean, Luke Walton's still the coach. Lloyd Pierce gets fired before Luke Walton. Like, what are we doing here, Kings? I know Vlade's out now, but... The spirit of Vlade still feels like it's there. Like if they could steal Rashawn Holmes, I'd be about that. Um, I'm not. Love Brooke Lopez so great over the last two regular seasons and in the playoffs too. Better than I think people remember. He's lost a step, and I think he's just at a point now, at a position, and where the game is today, that step is really costly. And it's not just like oh. He's out on the perimeter with, you know, ex perimeter player and gets dusted. Like, fine. Like you could live with, you could, you would expect that. He's actually in to my eye test, which means nothing has been okay. When he gets switched out on the perimeter, he'll get blown by sometimes, but you can't expect Brooke Lopez to clamp Kyle Lowry. It's just not going to happen. But like around the rim, he's just not impacting shots the same. And I think that's really what stands out. He's, he's just, he's not quick enough anymore to block or even, you know, make a shooter reconsider a shot, which has really been detrimental to the bucks. So like, Rashawn Holmes, who's shooting 400% on floaters this year and is is just more spry, I think would help. I mean, Giannis, Bobby Porty, Bobby Porty, Bobby Portis lineups have looked better defensively just because Bobby Portis is like agile and will at least like get somewhere quickly, even if it's he the wrong move. place. Yeah, he can move. So I think a center is really what I'd be the most interested in to see them acquire, which is probably a good thing because right like the league just unfortunately to to jordan's point of view doesn't value centers the way it used to it feels like there are more available than than most positions especially shooters but i would be interested in that i'm kind of out on pj i i know it's a bad situation the vibes are not good in houston the numbers are also not good he's just not not hitting doesn't shots pass the vibe test what center could you get though i don't know i would love that rashawn would... holmes if the kings would hand you could have marcus Gasol. Holmes. you could have marcus Gasol. like we would we oh, would love to um, gift I, that to you. I thought you liked and... his defense. I thought his defense was good there. Not good enough. Uh, passing. No, <laughs> it, it was his passing. He's another point guard for us. But if you <laughs> if you want a, another uh, slower center at the end of their career, oh, we'll be happy if, to gift yeah. that to you. <laughs> we can we can Maybe. collect them all. <laughs> is he scoring uh, like? Is it? A, it's a ridiculous number, right? It's like two points. It's something wild. Is it higher than I think? I thought Marcus or Marcus Gasol's points per game is just like, and like it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even process. He'll hit a three once every blue moon. I don't. Like he, I haven't. I haven't witnessed him even <laughs> attempting a layup. <laughs> I just or blocking a 4. shot. Four point eight points per game. Okay, not as low as I thought. Honestly, it's almost five. Almost five. I just the 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 thing I love about Marcus Gasol this year is like. People who are clearly Marc Gasol fans when they talk about Lakers Marc Gasol, it's not that he can't. It's very, it's very Nashian. It's not that he can't score. He doesn't even want to shoot. He's not even interested yeah. in shooting. It's, it's like, like he's beyond that. Yeah, that's like, what I've been preaching. Like, oh, so last you don't need him. me to score. When you need me, I'll come out. But I'm a passer. This is what you need me. To I'm gonna be. hit that's... guys on backdoor cuts all yep. day. Or yeah, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> it's a higher calling. 
It's like he also, moved to the big city yeah. and is just like really experimenting with what he wants to do, not what he's had to do his whole life. Also, fun uh, basketball reference nickname for Marcus Hall: Big Burrito. I thought Big Spain was. Is that Paul? I think that, no. He he is also listed as Big Spain. Can you oh, imagine your brother gets Big Spain and you get Big Burrito? <laughs> That's that awful. has to be an inside joke. Come yeah. on. Does yeah, he I look don't know. Like a burrito? No. <laughs> He does now. He does now. Uh, I think but, you can't yeah. trust B-ball ref nicknames. Brandon Jennings, the pterodactyl, really. Okay. Sure. My favorite was, ever? Uh, I was going to say, I've never heard that. It's not a yeah, real. It's basketball heard, reference. It's not that. real. Yeah. Those Jordan, are, those what's your favorite? Fun. I was going to say, um, I, I learned, and I don't know where I was. Maybe I was living under a rock, but I learned Andrew Wiggins was the maple jordan from basketball reference he and i really didn't know ones. that was a thing and then i remember I that one from when he was yeah i remember that his rookie year yeah it was and like from his high school mixtapes mix i think they were calling yeah. him that did they try yeah. to steal that for rj bear did he have a different one no every canadian that's had promise has been called maple yeah maple jordan, jordan. Yeah. yeah, but most prominently, I think Andrew Wiggins. No, yeah, I, I think Wiggins definitely was. I mean, there was so much. Wiggins should be. Uh, let's not talk about Andrew Wiggins. There's so we don't. We don't have to. Talk yeah. About him right now. But yeah, aside from Marcus Gasol, maybe a uh, <laughs> maybe a Javale buyout potentially if that happens, which I don't think it will. I think they're they're going to get value for him on a trade market. But let's say let's say they get a buyout somehow, maybe Javale. That's just. I mean, it's fine. He's been I think, good. I think uninspiring is the word. I don't know. That is the word. Adjectives hits it again. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is that? And then you said uninspiring. That is exactly that. It would be perfectly fine, but nothing yeah. wonderful. What's yeah. funny is like my expectations for the Bucks trade market are so low. I proposed a JaVale McGee trade on this very podcast like a month ago. DJ Wilson for JaVale McGee. Very, very much a why not trade. I, I don't know if it helps either team. Probably helps the Bucks. They will never play DJ Wilson. but And he'll go and thrive in Houston like Sterling Brown is now. But I digress. That's that's Bucks pain right there. It's just, I love how you were yeah, pointing to the Sacramento Kings. I'm from Sacramento. I'm in Sacramento <laughs> right now. And I love how it's just like... Let's us small markets just help each other out. Let's just talk <laughs> yeah, just, on a separate yeah. line from everybody else and let's just yeah, switch. Just cut some Harrison Barnes, eat his contract, oh. and then send him to Milwaukee. I would I Harrison Barnes is like if he goes to a good team, I think people are gonna really appreciate Harrison Barnes for the first time in a few years. Yeah. Good point. We were talking in like the failed Bogdan trade that Harrison oh, yeah. Barnes might be including. We were really excited about that. But yeah, no, no way is he getting actually isn't Kings, uh, but yeah, <laughs> they're not going to buy out. Come on, Rohan. He's Come like, on. actually, they're not, they're not going to buy out. Like, never Sell yourself never. whatever dream you need. <laughs> I know. I love you talking yourself into that. <laughs> I, I Pretty do. much what we have to I, do. I, here. I hype myself up when doing these podcasts, like just in terms of like I sort of talk. I talk myself into things a lot. As yeah, you I think should. We have to, right? Like lost in five games in the second round last year with the two-time reigning MVP, like. Why would we live in the real world at this point? It's not kind to us. It's not good to us. Yeah. <laughs> we do what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do we do we have any more big NBA topics or can we jump into our next segment, Ty? Oh, I f- oh thank goodness. I forgot about the last quick segment. I I'm only I'm only one adjective done. So, please do the do the segment. Go ahead, Rohan. Okay. So, we have a segment on this show called Choose Your Fighter 
where we Ty and I take turns asking uh, each other or guests uh, just sort of like you give random like three options to any question. It could be basketball related, could be food, just anything, anything. And you have to come up with a good answer. So my choose your fighter for this week. This is sort of it's not really that relevant, but let's say <laughs> I, like you you were, tried. <laughs> I tried. Let's say, you, oh, I can connect it. I really enjoy the spinsters name. It's a great name for this podcast that you guys are doing. It's it's amazing. I love the branding of it. It's perfect. So I was thinking, how do you go about naming something? Let's say you discover something. Discover a planet. Discover a new animal. Discover anything. Are you going to name it after yourself? Are you going to name it after someone else? Are you going to give it like a you know generic sciencey nickname like name? Like, is it going to be factual? Is it going to be for you? Or is it going to be for someone else? You're just it's it's a thing of legend on this podcast. We switch off doing the choose your fighter when it's my turn. I'm like blue Gatorade, red Gatorade, green Gatorade. Go <laughs> when it's Rohan's turn. He's like, imagine you're a small child and the sun and has gravity's just risen. removed. Like, I love that the lead-ins. It's like I'm in a whole other oh, universe. I, I just to. ruined it, but I, I'm such a big fan of of how you get there. You name it after somebody else. Someone else? What? Because. It is the ultimate gift, and that is such a special thing to give to somebody if the thing you are naming does not then turn bad in the future. (laughs) If this is like a new oil rig, and you're like, I'm going to name this after my mom, (laughs) and then later people are like, we need to stop fracking, you know, then she looks kind of bad. But if it is something as glorious as a new planet, yes. What a wonderful thing for somebody you appreciate so much. Now I'm just thinking of like oil rig Gretchen and like (laughs) these like rugged oil rig workers. Like, yeah, I'm going to Gretchen today. It's going to be a a hard day out there, but I named Gretchen anymore. Like do people like name their kids? Like, Oh, what's your new baby's name? Gretchen. Like, I I think, I I think, I don't know. No, I I think, I think Gretchen Gretchen. is probably, probably stopped after the, 2000s would Same be my Keith. guess. Keith, yeah, not a big, not a, ah, I don't know. I don't want, I never want to diss a name because like, what if we have a, a diehard listener fan named Keith and he's listening, he's like, I'm never listening to this podcast again. Statistically, you probably do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah a it's a common name. Way to Keith's, go, Rohan. Yeah, we just lost just the Keith demographic. Me. You know what? If if you're listening to this and your name is Keith and you feel offended, just, just hit me up on Twitter and we'll figure it out. He's like going to Venmo you. Don't I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan, what's your what's your name in convention? I I feel kind of bad after hearing Haley's. Um I <laughs> would like it's, probably it's called name Yeah, I'd probably name it after myself. <laughs> I think I would. But only, you know, after you said your mom, I was like, yeah, I would definitely name it after one of my parents. But I think, you know, legacy wise you want it to say okay this is called the jordan and she loved her parents and here's her backstory and everything (laughs) right but i think it would be pretty cool to say like you know what i found this planet i don't want to give anyone else credit for this specific thing i'm gonna name it myself and i don't know what that says about me i swear i'm not like a selfish person (laughs) (laughs) true story the original name for our podcast was the Jordan Ligon show no. with Haley O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> true. That I wasn't going to say true. anything, but it just seemed relevant. I, I heard true. the story of the actual first name, and I think I think I prefer the Jordan Ligon's podcast with Haley O'Shaughnessy <laughs> to what to the other one. No, I, now I've I've gone and offended another name. I can't stop now. 
what no, the, all, the, all baskets yeah. no balls luckily for you i don't think any of your listeners are named all baskets no balls so <laughs> i was i guess i was more worried about offending whichever one of you two or whoever else came up with it but our, yeah, one of our I producers don't. alex said that when we were we were like trying so hard to come up with things because it's hard we wanted to be like hey we love basketball and like it would be it would be cool if we could make some kind of a spin on it that had something witty to do with the fact that we're not just more dudes in this space. No offense. I love you no, guys. It's fine. Yeah, we, but... we get it. We get it. <laughs> no, we do. We really yeah. do. But he said that. And like, we were in this moment where I was like, okay, that's actually, that's something like we would, we should really yeah. like think about that. I wrote it down. Yeah. But no, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> Close second to the Jordan Ligon show. That is false. Wait, Rohan, what's Mary. your answer? I was yeah, going to wait for Ty. I was going to wait for Ty to answer, and then I'll answer. It's tough. I'd probably name it after me. And I would lie about it and use Haley's logic of like, what if it goes horribly wrong? I'll just have my name attached to it, not yours. I, I just, I mean, it's, it's, listen, if I find the planet, it's, it's Ty planet, and it is what it is. And I'm sorry, but like, I found a planet. And I just feel like I would just like some recognition for finding the planet. So I, I am selfish. So I'm just I'm gonna lean into it. I feel like <laughs> I feel like no one is gonna be shocked by this answer listening to the podcast. And I'm okay with it. Like I have a brand. The brand is like I stink, but it's still a brand. So Thai Planet. That's not your brand. Not. Your brand is just that you're representing, you're caring for yourself and all of your hard work and you're proud of the work that you've put in. I also love how we're all like, oh, it has to be a planet because that's definitely the most realistic thing that we're all going to find. <laughs> Walk up to a telescope, look through Wait, it. Oh, not? there it is. Why not? <laughs> you know, with planet, all the telescope. A planet or an oil ring. Tonight, those are the, those are the two options for things you can name. That's it. Yeah. I'm definitely naming it after myself, whatever it is. It's an animal, anything. I'm naming it after myself. Completely agree with you, Jordan. Legacy is important. And also celebrate yourself, everyone. Take time. Yes. Celebrate yourself. You did something good. You you should be appreciated for it. I love that, yes. log it, that logic. I do too. A little pat on the back. I don't think personally yeah. I do that enough. So yeah. naming something after myself would be the biggest pat on the back <laughs> that I could give. So I, yes, I agree. Yeah. And history will, will remember that. You will live for better or for worse. Hopefully yeah. For better. <laughs> Probably for Depending both. On, <laughs> if it's any of us, how the thing better. turns out. <laughs> okay. Ty, you have some adjectives. To yeah, I do. I do. It's, it's not my best work. It's I'm going to go the thoughtful Haley O'Shaughnessy because I just feel like every issue on this podcast, like you've come to someone's defense in such a nice way. And I was like, I felt I just kind of put myself on an island. I leaned into being selfish, maybe facetiously, maybe not. And you're like, no, no, it's 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 important. It's self-care. And I was like, oh, she's right. It is. I'm not a bad person at all. So I appreciate that. That's perfect. Thank you. That's that makes so me good. Very happy. Spot on. We're going to see if Jordan likes hers. This uh -huh. is partly an illusion. You did say you were a point guard. And I do feel like my first thought was calculating. It's not calculating. I feel like that has negative kind of like, right? It's got bad Are you hating on math right now? No, let's. I'm <sighs> horrible at math. So that oh, would actually okay, be. So good. Did you all see Hilarious. Candace Parker do math on oh, live TV my last goodness. night? That no, I just yeah, saw her. I don't I have the confidence check. to do like simple addition on oh, live TV. I'm not even on live so TV. Fast. So yeah, it was just that was 
Yeah. She literally did division. <laughs> I know. That's that's amazing. Amazing. I'm currently doing a master's in public health and biostatistics, and I can't Flash. confidently do addition in front of other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I go to the pharmacist, sometimes fingers. I can't remember my address. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna she did math on live tv anyway yes calculating i think actually would in her in her case having seen what i saw last night would be a compliment but sorry i interrupted go ahead it'd be good for candace okay. if candace candace come on the eurostep i will call you calculating in the most positive calculating way. candace in yeah the, it's it's Ooh. yeah it's not bad it's got a ring to it it does but <laughs> Point guard of the pod, Jordan Liggins, cerebral. I feel like you just, you think things through. I feel like all your takes are well thought out. I fire off takes. Sometimes I realize halfway through it doesn't make sense. I like the cerebral approach a lot more. I feel like it, it's very, I don't know. It's a good look. Thank That's you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is the trade you That's give us. Word. You give us too much of your time and you get good adjectives. And I feel like it's not the worst <laughs> conversion rate out there. No, that's, no, that's a good word. That's that is a, nice a good word. word. I need to use. I need to add that to my lexicon. Big vocab guy over here. Okay, <laughs> Rohan, it's your time to shine. Part two. It's, part part it's a thousand. Not, part a thousand. It's not though. Haley Jordan, talk to us about spinsters. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Plug the pod. Our new Ooh. podcast, Spinsters, is on the Blue Wire Network. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. It is Jordan and I talking about basketball, just like this NBA, WNBA. Whatever cool basketball stories we come across, we have some of our favorite reporter friends coming on and telling stories sometimes. Sometimes we are taking dives through history. And is this going up tonight or tomorrow? Probably early tomorrow. Okay. Well, we have an episode up then technically today, I guess, if we're talking about this going up Thursday, that is just that. It is a history lesson. Yes. Awesome. And socials, where where can everybody yeah. find? I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening knows about you both already, but just in case there's one person get, out there. Get out from under the rock. Yeah, get, get yourself <laughs> together, please. <laughs> Our podcast is at Spencer's BW. My Twitter is at Haley O something. And Jordan, wait, yours is Jordan or at underscore Jordan Liggins, right? Yep. That says how much I, I look her up. <laughs> <laughs> My adjective should have been creep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Yes. Follow I, us, like us, subscribe. It's going to be a fun time. I have Rohan's handle memorized. No, definitely not. It's a tremendous podcast. I'm so excited for the episode that is out right now. You should go listen to mm -hmm. and for all future episodes for sure. Just quickly before I, Ro Rohan does the outros before I hand it off. Haley, just one of the all time Twitter ads. I just, I've always been such a fan. I've never had a chance to say it. Haley, it's just good. I, I like the clever Twitter ads. I always have. So great Twitter ad. I'm boring, just the name, but Haley O something is just gold. <laughs> Thank you. It's out of need because nobody would be able to find my Twitter <laughs> if it's my real last name. That's fair. That's pragmatic. <clears throat> yeah, all the names are taken for my ad, so I had to throw a junior in there. It's fine. It's whatever. Uh, but yeah. I guess, I guess I should do the outro now. Make sure all of you are subscribed to Spinsters. Make sure you're following both of these wonderful people on Twitter. Follow all the socials. Just smash the support. I know the support has already been wild for this podcast already, but it's not enough. It'll never be enough because this is going to be an incredible run and I can't wait to see it unfold. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the aforementioned Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, do all that fun stuff. Tell your family and friends about the show and spinsters. Just I can't plug this enough. Uh, please stay safe, everyone. And we will talk to you next time.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com